Okay, so to wrap things up this evening, um, <laughs> I know, um, yeah, no, I really appreciated what my uh, brothers have shared, and I don't want to restate too much. Uh, maybe just to conclude, just throw out some big ideas, um, specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, um, kind of the assigned passage for this evening. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse uh, 28. Um, I don't know if uh, everyone here missed their nap or got to have their food digested before they came, or maybe they skipped their dinner, I don't know, but uh, hopefully it will make this bearable. Um, just as we conclude this evening, um, I'm just going to read again verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 12, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And just for the sake of time, I'm just going to stop there. Um, so <laughs> I guess one general comment I'd like to make um, that I wanted to underline is um, if you go back in this chapter to verse um, verse 7, uh, you see there kind of a working definition for what a spiritual gift even is. And I know we've stated this in previous weeks, but I feel it's worth emphasizing. A spiritual gift is the manifestation of the Spirit that's been given to a believer. The manifestation of the Spirit of God. And that word manifestation, it literally means an expression or an exhibition and uh, if we could just kind of zoom out for a second, when we think of the exercise of our spiritual gifts, we should think of it as Christ's life being expressed through us. Or in other words, the Lord Jesus working through us for the benefit of his body, for the nourishment of his body, the building up of his body. Um, again, wanting to restate what Daryl said from the very beginning, the church is not an organization, a man-ordered man organization. It's, it's, a, it's an organism. It's a vital thing. It's, it's um, sustained vitally by the Holy Spirit of God. And so when we talk about apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, these are all basically, these were ministries of the Lord Jesus, weren't they? Um, Apostles literally means a sent one, a delegate, someone who's been sent forth with orders. Um, the Lord Jesus was sent. Uh, he's described in Hebrews as the chief apostle of our profession. Um, and there's other scriptures as well that refer to him as a sent one, as an apostle. Uh, prophets, I mean, there was lots of things that the Lord Jesus foretold, things that would happen at the end of the age. Um, there is, he was a prophet in the sense that he heralded or he spoke forth the truth of God. Um, so he was a carrier of a divine message, one who was intimate with God and then spoke forth his message. So the Lord Jesus was a prophet. Um, Lord Jesus was a teacher. I think that's obvious. They marveled at the gracious words at which he spoke. Uh, he taught not, um, not like the Pharisees, but like one who had authority. Um, and we can talk about miracles, healings. I mean, I think it's obvious. These were all things that the Lord Jesus did. And so the point being, 
we, we, we don't want to get caught up necessarily in a gift is this detached thing we receive from God and, and it's on us to use it. And yes, but that's not the full story. It's actually the Lord Jesus working through us for the benefit of his body. And really a lot of um, the faithful exercise of our spiritual gift is us getting out of the way and letting the Lord do his thing. Um, I mean, yes, it includes saying no to the flesh, but really, saying no to the flesh, I prefer to say saying yes to the Lord. Because when we say yes to the Lord, by default, we're saying no to the flesh. Um, so yeah, the, the spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Spirit. It's the Lord Jesus literally working through us. Now, um, another thing I... Um, I wanted to mention, I wonder if uh, maybe some of you are familiar with the statement the Lord Jesus made uh, when he was addressing his disciples, greater works than these shall you do. And I wonder if at least part of what that means, I'm not suggesting this is a total definition of what the Lord meant by that, but maybe at least part of it was that his body, the church, the members of his body, when they exercise their gifts, according to the power of the Spirit, as uh, Daryl emphasized, that it has to be done in the energy of the Spirit. This is maybe part of what the Lord Jesus meant when he said, greater works than these shall you do. If you think about the Lord Jesus during his public ministry, he was confined to a relatively small geographic region. Yes, he went about doing good, every, mighty, he was described as a mighty, uh, he was mighty in words, mighty in deeds, but really, he was confined, again, to a very small geographic region. Here we are, in the 21st century, we're on the other side of the world. <laughs> Us sinners of the Gentiles, redeemed, saved by the grace of God. And we have, we're members with the same Lord Jesus. We're vitally linked by the Holy Spirit. And we are now able to exercise our gifts. The Lord Jesus is continuing his work except now he's doing it through a lot of people, a lot of members. And so I think you could, at least in some ways, say that's a greater work than one man um, in one place at one time. Um, now, I was kind of technically assigned apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, all the fun ones, but I think a lot of this has been stated already, and I don't want to belabor the point Apostles, again, as I mentioned, someone who's been sent out, uh, obviously, by the Lord. Prophets, those who speak forth on behalf of God. I already mentioned that. Teachers, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. Those who instruct, um, um, uh, those who uh, teach doctrine or instruct the truth of God um, for the benefit of the church. Miracles, I, I want to emphasize the... The definition here of miracles, and I'm not going to try and pronounce the, uh, there's been enough butchers up here this morning, so I'm not going to uh, try and pronounce the Greek word for that's used there in miracles, but that's translated miracles in English, but um, it literally means power, power or ability. Um, actually, if you really dig into it, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read this. It's works that are supernatural in origin and character, and, and I love this, couldn't be produced by natural agents or means. In that sense, I don't believe miracles could be confined to the first century in some of the unique things that we saw uh, see in the pages on, 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 in the book of Acts. In that sense, there should be, in every true assembly of the Lord's people, 
There should be a manifestation of God's divine power that cannot be explained by natural means. I mean, I think of the a miracle of, a, of a, a prodigal returning. I think of a miracle of the new birth. I mean, can any of us, we read this morning about Lydia, uh, who opened Lydia's heart? And the answer is obvious. I mean, you're, if you're Ira here, God? <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we, we don't have a crowbar big enough. I mean, we couldn't open up the heart of an individual. That is a spiritual work. That is a supernatural work of God. And in that sense, when we, we, still, we still see miracles today, don't we? I mean, I'd argue that a lot of you, or if not all of you, that are truly born again, you're a miracle. <laughs> You are uh, the result of something that could not be produced by natural agents or means. <laughs> every salvation, everyone who has been born of the Spirit, uh, is, it's, it's a miracle. Um, so much more that could be said. Um, healings. Uh, this could also refer to not just uh, physical healing, but also spiritual healing. James, uh, at the end of James, we read about if anyone has sinned, uh, and there's this process you follow, calling the elders of the church, confessing, so on. And, uh, and if there's been sins, be, there's healing that can take place. And so I don't think that's necessarily strictly natural, um, physical healing, but could also include spiritual healing. Um, I think a lot of us, um, yeah, I mean, we, when we come to the Lord, well, what... Come as you are, just as you are without one plea, except that the Lord has died for us. Uh, but often we come with a lot of baggage, and it takes some time for those grave clothes to fall off. And uh, there's a healing that needs to take place. I think of the, in the Old Testament, we have the picture of the, the serpents that came out and bit the children of Israel after they'd complained. Moses uh, raised the brass serpent, and everyone who looked, they were healed, they lived. But... Those who were bitten, I'm sure they still had scars, <laughs> and, and I'm sure there was a bit of a process. They, they were healed in the sense that they didn't die, but there were still scars that they no doubt bore. Um, so much more, again, that could be said. But uh, again, for the sake of brevity, I do want to throw out some questions uh, just, just to make this extremely practical. Um, do, we, do we have apostles today? And that's a, that's a question that you can answer out loud. Yes, sir. I see a so few people wait, um, nodding their heads, hopefully not asleep. <laughs> okay. So we have people today that, uh, that have seen the risen Christ, that have, uh, that have performed signs and mighty wonders, have authority to set in order churches. Is that the sort of apostles we have today? No. Okay. So what kind of apostles do we have today? What's that? We call them missionaries. Ah, we call them missionaries. And so I want to bring out that there's a, there's a primary sense of apostles. Uh, Daryl used the, just a nice way to say it, to make the distinction in our mind. There's capital A apostles, and then there's uh, little a apostles. And the capital A apostles, I think we can say fairly confidently from the New Testament, these were those that were handpicked by the Lord Jesus. Uh, yeah, Paul was kind of, a, you know, kind of a straggler. Uh, he would describe himself as born out of due time. But he did see the Lord, and the Lord did hand pick him and said he was actually a chosen vessel to be an uh, apostle to, the, um, to bear his name to the Gentiles. And so 
We don't have those capital A apostles in that sense, but we do have those that the Lord Jesus has sent, don't we? Uh, missionaries has been thrown out as a possible word we could use, a more modern word. It's interesting the word missionary is not in the Bible, but uh, that is the idea. That's where it is derived from, uh, a messenger of the churches. Um, how about church planter? That's, that's something that's used in our modern church vernacular is church planter. And, uh, and so the reason this is important is because there's people today, and there's actually denominations within so-called Christendom that believe in what's called apostolic uh, succession. That God still has people he's handpicked that not just speak the truth of God, but uh, they have authority from God. And this can get very dangerous, as you can imagine. You know, someone coming and saying, I am an apostle from God, laying their hand on you and giving you commandments on behalf of the Lord Jesus. This can obviously get very, very dangerous. And we need to be on the, I guess, on the watch for this sort of thing. Um, how do we know? So someone shows up here next Sunday and, uh, you know, they say, they stand up and they say, I'm, I'm an apostle. God has sent me here to Assiniboine Bible Church, how do, we, how do we gauge if that's true? And um, I, I'll give, as you're thinking about how to answer that question, I'll give you one verse, uh, let this marinate, help you marinate. Um, the Lord Jesus is speaking to the church at Ephesus. He says, I know your works, labor, patience. You cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. How do we test if someone's an apostle in the modern sense, sent by God? Any ideas? I've got one. I was hoping it would be more interactive. Ah, that's where I was going. Um... Can I get a volunteer to read Acts chapter 17, verse um, uh, 10 and 11? Acts chapter 17, verse 10 and 11, nice and loud, somebody. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, where the, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Uh-huh. Okay. So Paul, obviously a sent one, and he's come and, and he's publicly ministering the word in a synagogue in this uh, city of Berea. And those on the receiving end are commended. It says that they're fair-minded. And what did they do? to ensure that what he was saying was the real, was legit. They searched the scriptures. Oh man, we, you know what, no, no, let's be honest. We, most of us probably can't be scholars <laughs> as far as the word of God is concerned, but I think all of us can be students. And um, I was saying this to a smaller group yesterday evening, but uh, one concern maybe I'd have is, you know, we have gifted brethren among us, those that can very ably and skillfully handle the word of God, and they can speak in a very compelling way. 
But the mistake we can make on the receiving end as hearers is just, man, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about and just going with what they say without comparing it to the scripture ourselves to see that these things are so. And I think this is an exercise, a habit we really need to get into, especially as we see the Lord working here. Man, like I was saying a couple of weeks ago, the enemy's just licking his chops. He's waiting to mess this place up if he can and, and bring uh, shame and dishonor upon the testimony of the Lord Jesus. And so that we would be Bereans that would test those who say, or at least uh, conduct themselves in a way as if they were sent from God. Um, really very much connected to this. Um, so say we're here on a Sunday morning, and uh, sometimes, in, okay, good example is our uh, adult Bible class. So that's more of an open format, open discussion. People are free to, and in the past we've had people that are here as guests, and They've had no problem contributing vocally, publicly. So say someone shows up one Sunday morning and during our adult Bible class, they get up and they say, you know what, God is telling me, and then fill in the blank. They just make some, some very strong, definitive doctrinal statement or something that they're sure is a message from the Lord. Um, what, do we, uh, what do we do? How do we know that what they're saying is from the Lord? We test them. Is there a scripture maybe that gives us, that illustrates what this might look like? Or a, I guess a principle or a help? Absolutely, and this has a lot to do with what we discussed this morning in our um, adult Bible class about spotting the phony, uh, spotting the counterfeit. Not so much we're familiar with all the thousands of counterfeits that are out there, and there's probably more than thousands. There's, there's a guy who could spend a lifetime studying each and every falsehood that's out there, um, when really our business should be familiarizing ourselves with the truth. Um, that's the surefire way of spotting the counterfeit. Um, if I could get one more person to read here, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, um, verse 31 and 32. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31 and 32. Again, imagine an open setting, an open discussion. Different brothers are free to share. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Can anyone venture to guess what on earth does that mean? The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And maybe before we try and answer that question, when we remember we were talking about the Bereans, it says they searched the scriptures. What scriptures were those? They didn't have, they didn't have this. What scriptures did they have to compare with what the what Paul and Silas were saying? The law of Moses. They had the Old Testament, didn't they? And so, can I? Okay, based on that, then what might this be saying? 
verse 30, again, verse uh, 32, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Someone gets up and says, God told me this. Well, can I suggest if God really told this so-called prophet, whatever, that it's not going to contradict what's in here? I mean, it's a simple, simple idea. But um, that... As, though, as these believers, described here in 1 Corinthians 14 in Corinth, had the Old Testament scriptures, here we have with a completed canon of scripture, where again we can test to see that these things are so, to see if indeed this is a prophet speaking on behalf of God. I like, uh, and again, prophets, it's the same thing. There's a primary definition of prophets. Historically, they were foretelling. They were speaking of future events. God would reveal to them. Uh, something that would happen in the future to the people of God, and they would herald or proclaim this message on behalf of God. Um, many, many times we see in the Old Testament the phrase, the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord came. We see it in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on. Well, in the New Testament, as a number of brothers have shared today and in previous, previous weeks' sessions, um, in the New Testament, it's not so much foretelling unless we're expounding prophecy because there is still a lot of new testament prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled yet but more so forth telling and i like the very simple succinct definition that william mcdonald gave for prophets in the new testament sense uh, those i'll just read it real quick here prophets um, are those who preach the word for edification to the church very simple. So in that sense, man, we, we, desire, we would desire among us that there would be many prophets that the Lord would raise up, that would foretell, that would speak forth the truth of the already complete word of God in, in the carried along by the spirit of God in such a fashion that they would surgically address the needs of, of, of the hearers and build up the church so that the result would be edification, exhortation, and comfort. We see that's the, that's the whole point of it all. Now, I know we've uh, run to the end of our time here, and I think some of you are looking kind of vacant and uh, sun-baked and ready to go to bed. Um, one thing I want to emphasize, because, I mean, some of these things, wow, that... I mean, it's hard for some of us, like, I know I'm not a prophet. I know I'm not a preacher of the word. How does that even, like, I can't relate to this in any way. Um, and I would just go circle back to something that uh, Brother, um, Brother Robbie shared. And he was, he was talking about it in the context of helps. Just because we don't have the quote-unquote gift of helps doesn't mean we don't help. <laughs> doesn't mean that as the Lord would open doors or opportunities, we don't try to relieve the burdens of the afflicted. And, and, and take them upon ourselves. It's, it's a part of love. We're taught of God to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. This is just the, the outward expression of, um, of the life of God within us. But I think we can expand that bigger to, I'll just use teaching as an example. Is teaching restricted to in the assembly of the Lord's people when we're all together in one place? Um, where can somebody give me an example of a, of a woman teaching in the New Testament? I think it's in um, Titus where it mentions that older women are supposed to teach the younger women. Absolutely. 
Great, great example. And I think of someone like uh, Timothy. It says, from childhood he had known the Holy Scriptures. Um, did he get that from dad? No, I don't think dad was very helpful. And I hope, I hope that's like really encouraging to a lot of you. Because dad really wasn't in the picture, spiritually speaking, for, for Timothy. Yeah, I hope that's... But man, Timothy, wow. <laughs> Oh, that we'd have, uh, we'd have some Timothys among us. Um, is there another example that we have of a woman teaching in the New Testament? Absolutely. That's the, that's the other one I was thinking of, yeah. Is there another one? Those are the two I was thinking of, but... Yeah, yeah, they, it says they showed him the way more accurately. So, and so, yeah, in, maybe not, you know, maybe not in this context, but we do see that uh, in the body, the body life of the church, which again, we, as we've been harping for months and months and months, isn't restricted to this sort of environment, but in homes and as we're going about our lives with one another, um, there's lots of opportunity for teaching. Um, what about uh, prophecy? Do we have any uh, women prophesying in the New Testament? Philip's daughters. Ah, Philip's daughters. Absolutely. Four of them. Four of them prophesying. Where were they? Where were they when they were when they're mentioned? They were at home. Paul and his buddies show up at uh, Philip's place, Philip the Evangelist. And lo and behold, there's four daughters there, and they're exercising their spiritual gift of prophesying. And I, I, I'm sure, I have no problem believing they're sitting around preaching the word, the truth of the word of God. I have no problem um, accepting that. Again, it's not in the context of everyone meeting together, but in, in a home, you see the exercise of a spiritual gift. And so this isn't, I don't want this to be restricted to like, Males and Sunday morning, and and I hope that's I hope that's very clear. Um, I'm not going to talk about apostles. Uh, we we uh, Rob, uh, uh, brother Brendan also already mentioned diversities of tongues a few weeks ago. He knocked that one out of the park. So I don't want to restate that. One maybe last thing I'll share this this gift of helps thing that um, um, that Robbie's expounded um, this behind-the-scenes aspect. Um, someone actually made the connection. If you could turn with me, and this is the last place we'll turn, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 18. And again, we, we have this picture in our minds of the, the church is the body of Christ. It has many members many body parts, if you will. They all serve different functions. But verse 19 here, it's referring to the head, which of course is the Lord Jesus, and uh, the need for holding fast to the head. And, he, and Paul is talking about people that aren't doing that. But it says, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. But there's this idea of joints and ligaments. 
And somebody has made the connection between the gift of helps and maybe some of these other more uh, behind the scenes hidden gifts, as Sam mentioned, that are kind of at the end of the, they're at the front of the line for, for help, but they're on the back of the line as far as receiving praise of men or recognition of men. Somebody has a like in those gifts to, in the body, joints and ligaments. These are, you know, it's funny, like, you know, as a, well, I guess healthy is a relative word. I I've kind of refer to myself as a healthy 33-year-old man, but I, I guess that's debatable. But um, I don't think about my joints very much. I honestly don't. Um, but I know my wife, for example, she has a ligament in her knee that she tore years ago playing soccer. And I mean, when the weather turns, she feels it, and everything just grinds to a, it, it's, it's very, um, um, I don't want to use the word debilitating as if she's crippled, but it makes everything miserable. Let's just put it that way. And so there's an aspect of joints and ligaments. You don't see them, and you often don't think about them, but when they're not there, or they're not working the way they should, everything suffers. The whole body suffers. Things don't work as smoothly as they ought to. And so I don't want us to have this idea, well, helps, oh yeah, I'll just take, <laughs> I remember, so I played, I played, I played hot, uh, football in uh, grade 12, I was a, I was a slot back, I, I wasn't very good, and, uh, but I, I, I did get one touchdown, but uh, when they had the award, award ceremony, I remember at the end, they, they hadn't even made the plaque, because it was just something one of the guys made up during the ceremony, probably because he felt bad for me. So again, I wasn't very good. And so it was basically the, I got the character award, okay? Now again, they didn't have a plaque for me, so they just came up with it. They're like, we need some consolation prize for Josh, you know? <laughs> and so um, it's kind of like, you know, like when you use Sunday school picnic, they do races and they give you like a participation band. You didn't get first, you didn't get second, you didn't get third, but thanks for coming out, you know? And they give you a little band. And somehow, sometimes I think we, we, we think kind of these unseen gifts are kind of like a consolation prize from the Lord. Like, you know, that's, you know, you have the gift of helps. That's so cute. But it's like, the, the body cannot function properly without them. And uh, I just want to encourage you. I, like, I, have so, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I have so many names in my mind here of people that so obviously and so evidently have this gift um, and how they have relieved. Uh, I, I can just say how I have benefited personally. My wife has benefited personally. How... You know, things I simply could not handle, and the Lord sent these people to handle it for me. They took the burden upon themselves. They gave of themselves. They went out of their way. They saw there was a need. I didn't go find them. You know, I didn't solicit help. I solicited from the Lord, and the Lord laid it upon their hearts to come along and help. And what a blessing. What a blessing. Um... So if you recognize there's somebody who has this gift, this gift of helps, or maybe some of these more behind the scenes, go out of your way to, uh, um, to encourage them, um, to affirm them, to demonstrate your appreciation for them. Um, I, 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 and, and for those of you who maybe have this but are just kind of like, well, is that me? Please, we, we need you so bad. <laughs> we need you so bad. And we've been harping during this series for years now, I think. Uh, there's lots of room on the team. And one of the big 
points, I think Daryl brought out so plainly from 1 Corinthians 12, is the diversity. That there's so many different uh, uh, positions, offices, ministries, activities, workings of the Holy, expressions of the life of God in the in the in the, the body life of the assembly, that there should be no one exempted or feeling left out. And so maybe, maybe that's something just that we can take away personally as individuals. Um, Lord, where, where do I fit in all of this? And so, um, yeah, I think, I, think I'll close, um, I think I'll close with that. Was there any pressing questions? Um, I know we're... I mean, I think physically many of us have kind of reached our limit, but um, anything we can we, that's just burning on somebody's heart that maybe we can address in this sort of format? If not, I mean, no, you know, if you want to stay and talk privately, that's fine, but... I think I'm okay just to close then? Prayer or... Father, um, yeah, we, we do approach in the name of your son. We thank you for him, um, not because that's just the right thing to do or just some token thing we, we add on to our prayers. And Lord, we really, really, really need you. And um, yeah, just as much as a body needs the head and simply can't function without one, Lord, would you be pleased to um, direct us, lead us, instruct us, Give us understanding in these things. Um, Lord, we want to be prepared um, if the enemy would send our way uh, false prophets, false teachers, even false apostles, uh, to be able to test and recognize uh, that it's not of you. Um, Lord, we want to be able to uh, know where we fit in the big scheme of things here at ABC. Um, yeah, we read that you've prepared good works from the foundation of the world that we may walk in them. And so, Lord, that's, that's what we want. We want to walk in those good works. We want to be in, conscious about this. We want to be, um, um, yeah, we want to be aware of, uh, of your calling upon our lives. Even as Peter said, make your calling and election sure. That's our desire, Lord. So we uh, just commit these things to you in our weakness and uh, say, Lord, please help. And uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.